In our society, we striving from a message from God. God's messages transcend age, gender, socio-economic status, ethnicities, religious persuasions, political affiliations, and cultural restrictions that encourage and inspire people to become saved, delivered, and set free from the bond of sin, as well as, gain a closer relationship with God. This is God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. God's input for you on the Resilient Christian Radio Network. Thank you for joining me for this broadcast. I appreciate each of you for tuning in. The internet contains an endless supply of knowledge and information that allows everyone um, that has access to it to learn about almost any topic or question uh, they may have using search engines like Google, Yahoo. Um, we can ask almost any question and find a web page with an answer to that question. There are also millions of videos on sites like YouTube that help explain various topics from how to make a pumpkin pie to how to change a, uh, an engine in a car. Additionally, there are online courses to help people obtain a high school or college degree or to just teach us about many different subjects that we are interested in. The internet gives us access to our bank accounts. We can view our balances, perform different transactions such as transfer money, pay bills, electronically invest in stocks and bonds, uh, look at our savings. And what I like is the online shopping. Oh man, it's another huge advantage of the internet, giving those of us with internet access the ability to find and purchase products that interest us without having to visit a store. We don't have to go through the hustle and bustle of going to a store. The internet gives everyone easy access to compare prices between companies and even see what others think about a product through online reviews to help us make better purchasing decisions. If you're a business and you want to sell anything, the internet is a perfect place to sell most goods because anyone in the world with internet access can find your website. You have access to more people than you ever could have in a local retail store. The internet is always on and always available, which means you have the potential of selling goods every day at all times. The internet also gives all businesses the ability to advertise their products or services to everyone in the world or specify an, an exact demographic they want to reach. There are other ways someone can make money online by performing other online services. The internet is the perfect place to work with other people from around the world. There are dozens of online services that allow you to work with other people and with the ability to have instant communication. It can even make producing new products and services much faster. An internet connection provides many people with the ability to work from home or have a virtual office. Today, many businesses allow their employees to work from home using their computers and internet connections. Working from home can help save people money by not having to pay for childcare and save them money and time by eliminating the daily commute to and from the workday. 
I understand that a great deal of people that work from home are more productive because they're not stuck in traffic. If you're a business that needs employees, many services online can give you access to people looking for a job all around the world. Having the ability to hire someone from another part of the country or world allows you to get access to much wider talent pool and may also allow you to hire someone at a much cheaper rate. With access to a much wider audience, anyone with an internet connection can make a donation quickly to their favorite charity or help fund projects and ideas that interest them. Also, those looking for charity can find many online services that help make it easier to help donate or support their causes. The internet helps make devices in your home connected and smarter by giving them access to the internet. For example, the Nest thermostat can be connected to the internet to help control the heating and cooling in your home. Also, once these devices are connected, they can be controlled remotely using a computer or a smartphone. By connecting Internet of Things IoT, devices to your home, it can become smarter and more efficient and help save energy, money, and time. The Internet connects your computers and Internet enables devices to cloud services like cloud computing and cloud storage. With cloud computing, a device can have access to more powerful computers and even supercomputers to perform complex tasks while you or your business works on other tasks. Cloud storage synchronizes data across any of your internet connected devices so you have access to your files from anywhere. One of the greatest things the internet provides is a means to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. You can get access to prayer 24 hours a day. Yes, yes, yes. The internet and the internet accessible devices provides a wealth of information and can be great for children to learn, receive entertainment, and to communicate with others. But not all of the information on the internet is edifying or wise. Much of it is downright silly, some misleading, and can also be a dangerous place for children. Tonight's broadcast is going to focus on internet safety for our children. A case study by OFCOM finds that almost 1 in 4 of 8 to 11 year old children and 3 in 4 of 12 to 15 year old children have a social media profile. Additionally, 1 in 3 internet users are children. One in four children have experienced something upsetting on a social networking site. Around one in eight young people have been bullied on social media. Almost one in four young people have come across racist or hate messages online. One in five children ages 10 to 17 receive a sexual solicitation or were approached online. 71% of teen girls and 67% of teen boys have sent or posted sexually suggestive content. 44% of teens admit they watch something online their parents would not approve of. Girl teenagers are far more likely than boy teenagers to post personal photos or videos of themselves online. 
girls are more likely than boys to be bullied cyberly. The target group of internet porn consumers are children in the ages of 12 to 17. 20% of teenagers have been the target of an unwanted sexual solicitation request. Get this, 41% of unwanted sexual solicitations, 29% of unwanted exposure to sexual materials, and 31% of harassment occurred when children are online with their friends. 70% of kids ages 8 to 18 have encountered online pornography accidentally entering an innocent search term while doing their homework 69 percent of teens receive online communication from strangers regularly and do not tell their parents or caretakers or anybody that's an adult approximately 89 percent of sexual solicitations of youth were made in chat rooms or through instant messaging for children 22% of teenage girls posted nude or semi-nude photos or videos of themselves online. 95% of parents do not know common chat room acronyms teenagers use, such, you know, when their parents are watching, like the acronym POS, which means parents over shoulder, or P911 means parent alert, or A slash S slash L meaning age, sex, location. And only one-third of households with Internet access are protecting their children with filtering or blocking software. Only three in four parents have looked for or received information or advice about how to help their child manage online risks. And only a small fraction of all inappropriate Internet episodes are reported to the authorities. Now I know, just about every parent worries about online predators at some point. However, it is unrealistic in our technologically driven world to try to isolate or deny a child's involvement with the internet and the various internet accessible devices because the reality of the internet's presence in a child's life right now is inevitable. I knew I said all those various statistics and you heard them they might be alarming but having an online presence is the reality of the time we live in for social media is one of the major means children are connecting with one another and as young children grow older they need opportunities to learn and socialize with other children of their age children need social interaction to help their communication skills creativity, social intelligence, confidence to develop cognitively and emotionally. Therefore, depriving them of online access is just not the appropriate thing to do. For that reason, I'm a big advocate for letting our children have online access early on. The exact right time is different for each family and each child, but it's definitely when children begin to show an interest or when their friends begin using social media and before the child has teen at the end of their age. (laughs) However, in allowing them online access, I believe it is imperative that parents teach their children to cultivate godly relationships as well as how to interact online appropriately. Remember, 
they are still children. And even though technology is and has been a part of their lives daily, they will make mistakes while using it. This means that they, that we need to have direct conversations with our children about the type of comments they should and should not make online. Because this is a different era than before technology became so prevalent. I remember when I was younger and a friend or someone made me feel some kind of way. Everyone and their moms were not privy to my feelings right away. I had time to cool off or chill out, as the younger people convey generally, because I responded, you know, before I responded, I had time. You know, I would go home, do my homework, eat dinner with my family, read a book, maybe watch TV or play games with my brothers and sisters, or take my bath, say my prayers, and then I went to bed. Now, the next day, if I had time and still remembered if it even meant anything to me, I may have contacted the person. If I knew their number, I might have called them or waited the next time I seen them. To, But by that time, my feelings weren't as heightened as they were before. But oh, not today. In this social media texting society, children today have their cellular telephones in their hands at all times practically. And if someone bothers them or they're in a bad mood or their feelings are hurt or their hormones are raging, they can text, comment, or message their sentiments instantly without having the time to cool down. Out into the cybersphere. Words that cannot be retracted really. They really can't. This can be very costly for even the best sweet precious little darling child. Our children are definitely still developing the skills of taking deep breaths and thinking through their actions. But the availability and immediacy of technology makes it difficult for them to practice that. We or parents must teach them to take a breath before they post online. We need to teach them that they do not have to respond to every status, that they should not share every thought, that they do not have to document every, every situation that goes on in their life we must teach them that it's okay to walk away sometimes and how to step into and out of situations as necessary we must teach our children what biblical love means as opposed to worldly love you can look in first corinthians 13 4 through 7 first john 3 16 through 18 and first john 4 7 through 21 They need to learn how to resolve conflicts God's ways as opposed to the world's way. Teach them Ephesians 4, 25-32 and 1 Peter 3, 8-12. They need to learn how to speak in a manner that builds up rather than tears down others. Ephesians 4 and 29. They need to learn how to be discerning in choosing friends who will not drag them into the world. Let them look at 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 or 2 Corinthians 6, 14 or 
2 Corinthians 7 and 1. They need to learn how to minister to other kids, both through evangelizing and discipling them. Additionally, parents must safeguard and teach their children to safeguard themselves against potential threats such as cyber bullies, cyber predators, pornography, scams, and various other threats that are on the internet. Fortunately, parents don't have to worry that they will turn on their computer and a pornographic picture or cyber bully will fall out on their monitor into their home. But Parents have a responsibility to both safeguard and teach their children about appropriate internet and internet accessible protocol. Many parents attempt to mitigate, safeguard their children against the various dangers of the internet or internet accessible devices in every way possible. Numerous parents have apps or software to block sites or monitor their child's every online move. Some parents retain passwords and the right to look at anything their children or are doing on their cellular phones. Other parents put geo-trackers on their children's devices so they know where they are at all times. The previously mentioned safeguards are good, but one thing parents cannot forget is to talk to their children so they can monitor what's going on with their children and what what's really going on in the internet internet accessible devices and and all that comes with them effectively for example if, if your child is crying in his or her room right now because of something he or she saw on snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. An app may provide your child's location and the social media site your child is on. But an app cannot tell you why your child is crying. The only way a parent will know why his or her child is crying is by talking to the child directly to find out. For if a child, especially teenagers, is trying to hide something from a parent on the internet or an internet accessible device, they can usually. Therefore, the major key to safeguarding a child effectively on the internet or an internet accessible device is through effective communication between parents and their children. Talk with your children regularly so that talking with you or between the two of you becomes a norm in your household so it's not something new that way in the future if your children face problems or moral conundrums they will be more comfortable broaching the subject with you than with hmm, somebody online if you don't talk to your children society will fill the void that may sound difficult if most of your dialogue with your children revolves around what's for dinner or where's the remote control. Don't do this. Don't do that. Stop. No. Yes. But you can do it. You can talk to your children. It's imperative that you do so. It will help you build and foster a good relationship with your child. I'm not saying be your child's best friend, but as a parent, you need to talk to your children. 
Additionally, it is imperative that you know about the various dangers that children are open to or face on the Internet or their Internet accessible devices and safeguards in order to mitigate the dangers. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you seven of the most common dangers and some helpful hints to lessen them. Worth mentioning um, the I do not have the dangers in in any order. There's not like cyberbullying isn't the number one threat. I just wrote them down and um, so that I could share them with you. Cyberbullying. According to internetsafety101.org, 90% of teens who participate in social media have ignored bullying they witness, and one-third are victims of cyberbullying themselves. Social media and online games are today's virtual playground, and that is where much cyberbullying takes place. Cyberbullying includes sending hateful messages or even death threats to children, spreading lies about them online, mocking in social media exchanges, making nasty comments on their social networking profiles, creating a website to bash their looks or reputation, and in online games, they or their player characters are subjected to insistent attacks turning the game from an imaginative adventure into just a humiliating, terrible ordeal. Um, Some cyber bullies pose as their victims and send out harassing messages to other people uh, in an effort to make them look bad. Recently, cyber bullies have also begun posting humiliating videos of other kids they dislike. And, you know, you can hear in the news about children committing suicide because they've been bullied through cyberspace. See, cyberbullying differs from schoolyard bullying because teachers cannot intervene on the Internet. When bullying happens online, there's no one to filter it at that particular moment. Additionally, cyberbullies don't witness their victims' reactions. Um, the way that they might if they were insulting their victim face to face. They don't see the crying or hurt which may make it easier for that bully to continue. Some tips. Tell your children never share their internet passwords with anyone other than parents to keep others from using their email and internet accounts. Parents and children should talk about cyberbullying. Your children should feel comfortable coming to you and telling you. That's why you need to have that dialogue with them. Use the block or ban feature to prevent a bully from contacting them. Do not respond to rude or harassing email messages and posts. If cyberbullying continues, what they need to do is uh, either delete the email or social media account but they need to save and record the emails and posts as proof. And if they have to contact the the police, they can set up a new account and they need to provide the email address only to friends that they know and they trust. Again, cyberbullying is terrible. The next one that I want to talk about is cyber predators. 
sexual and other predators can stalk children on the internet, taking advantage of the children's innocence, abusing their trust, and perhaps ultimately luring them into very dangerous personal encounters. While sexual predators target children in chat rooms, they migrate to wherever young people go online. These predators lurk on social media and game sites that appeal to children. The same virtual playgrounds where much cyberbullying happens, mind you. There, they can exploit not only children's innocence, but also their gift of imagination. They might say, let's play pretend is a common and healthy part of online gaming and interaction, but predators can use it as a hook to pull children in. The online world opens the door for trusting young people to interact with virtual strangers, even people they'd normally cross the street to avoid in real life. About one in seven kids uh, are solicited online sexually. More predators are now scoring social networking sites such as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Zanga because these sites have centralized so much information. It has a child's profile, uh, which the profile could include photos, personal interests, and blogs. In terms of predators, that's a hot spot where they can go to research victims. They meet, groom, and become friends with the children. Predators may take on fake identities and feign interest in a child's favorite bands, TV shows, video games, or hobbies. They come across to children as their new best friend. Yeah, you're my bestie. <laughs> but they are not good. It's you you know it, it it they will try to have the same likes and dislikes. They're quite crafty those little child predators. They not always will they pretend to be the same age. Sometimes they will tell them they are older, but they'll just lure them with, you know, different little tactics like offering them gifts or oh you can talk to me you can't talk to your parents well there's some tips look uh, children's social networking sites together are or link them you know or search for it yourself online um, social networking sites often have game limits um, some sites prohibit kids under 14 but they don't verify the kids' ages, so anyone can use it. If you want to delete a site, work with your child to cancel an account or contact the social networking directly. Tell your children not to post a full name, address, phone number, school name, and other personal information that could help a stranger find them. Do not post their locations when they're there. Remind them that photos like your child uh, wearing a sweatshirt with their school team on it can give away clues to where they live tell your children not to send photos to people they meet online learn about privacy settings that allow kids to choose who can view their profiles explain that strangers who approach them online aren't always who they say they are and that's dangerous to meet them in real life tell them to instant message only with family or friends they already know offline. When it comes to internet safety, there's no substitute for parental supervision. Put your computers in a common place of your home, not a child's bedroom, so you can keep an eye on online activities. 
go to websites that explain the shorthand kids use in messaging. Like, remember I told you POS, parents over shoulder? You can go to www.webmd.com slash pain management picture, uh, I mean, dot com. That's where you need to go. Or you can go to L-M-I-R-L, Let's Meet in Real Life, so you know what's going on. Ask your children to report any sexual solicitations to you or another trusted adult right away. Also call their local police and save all offensive emails so that you can catch that perpetrator because you know they go from one child to another. Third, um, it, the third one is posting private information. I talked about that a little bit earlier, but children do not yet understand social boundaries. They may post personal information online. For example, in their social media profiles that should not be out in public, they might put um, pictures or, or uh, their addresses. Um, because first, there are two kinds of online privacy. Personal privacy refers to your children's online reputation and consumer privacy, also known as customer privacy, which refers to the data companies can collect about your children during an online interaction or transaction. Both of them are important. So some tips are check the privacy settings. Uh, Use strict privacy settings in apps and on websites. When you or children get a new device or sign up for new websites or apps, establish your privacy preferences right then. Encourage your children to read the fine print before checking a box or entering an email address. Remind children to be aware of what information they're agreeing to share before they start using an app or a website or a uh, internet accessible device. Discuss what they should and should not post. One thing that's hard for children to understand is the sheer scale of the internet. They may think that posting your address on Twitter is harmless as they only have a few followers. However, it's simply impossible to know who's listening, who's lurking. Teach your children to consider the information they're potentially giving away when engaging online. For younger kids, you have to define that information as their address, phone number, and birth date. Number four, phishing. Phishing is what cybersecurity professionals call the use of emails that try to trick people into clicking on malicious links or attachments that will download malware onto the computer, such as, hey, thought you might like this. This can also be done with malicious text messages. Then that's called smishing. Phishing emails and smishing texts can pop up at any time, but the cyber criminals who devise them keep watch on sites that are popular with children and gather information such as email addresses and friends' names to use in their little scams. Some tips for that is teach your children to avoid clicking on emails or texts from strangers and to be wary of messages that claim to be from their friends but have no genuine personal message attached. Confirm with friends' social media accounts prior to accepting friends' requests. And encourage your children to come forward when they discover that they've fallen for a phishing attack and to make them understand that they won't get in trouble. You just need to know about it. Number five is falling for scams. 
children are probably not going to fall for this there was a scam going around where Nigerian princes were offering millions of dollars to people but children might fall for scams that offer things they may like such as free access to online games knockoffs music contests scholarships talent searches and the lottery children are easy marks for scams because they have not learned to be wary yet as with phishing cyber criminals can use site popular with children to identify potential victims and then promise them something in turn for what they want like parents credit card information or parents social security number some tips teach your children to be leery of online offers that promise too much for young or old the best protection against scams is knowing that if an offer sounds too good to be true it probably isn't true Keep communication open and clear with your children. Stress that they should always come to you about any suspicious messages or pop-ups they receive. And discuss online scams regularly with them if, if they use the internet a lot. Especially that scholarship scam. There was a big scholarship scam going on um, that was really getting a lot of children. And don't consider requests that require pain significant fees up front. The sixth one is accidentally downloading malware. Malware is computer software that is installed without the knowledge or permission of the victim and performs harmful actions on the computer. This includes stealing personal information from your computer or hijacking it for uh, use in a botnet which causes sluggish performance. Cyber criminals often trick people into downloading malware. Phishing is one such trick, but there are others, such as convincing victims to download uh, purported games that can beguile, be beguiling to children, um, especially if it has a name that the child might like. Some tips. Educate your children about malware. Um, obtain antivirus software and related security protections. Use the Internet security products that allow parents to set a secure framework for their children in their online activities. Last but not least, um, posts that come back to haunt a child later in life. You need to teach them about this. You know, those cameras, phones, digital cameras, and webcams are everywhere these days. And you see children, they just have them everywhere, and they can become victims of their own inexperience with using them. Because many post pictures, videos, or notes online that they later regret. You know, a child's online reputation is is a major concern these days. With the rise of online social networking and profiles, reports of schools and employers rejecting young people for high school programs or internships or even college admissions and jobs after checking out what the applicants post online. You know, teenagers in particular aren't thinking about how a future boss or one day a prospective spouse might respond to amusing images or other personal content that they post to their social media profiles or their websites. So some tips for this is just inform your children that anything they put online is impossible to remove completely because the internet does not have a delete key and others may have already copied them into public forums and websites. And that URL, once it's out there, it's always out there. 
Tell your children not to let anyone, even friends, take pictures or videos of them that could cause embarrassment online. Inform your children about possible consequences that um, that might happen to them. Uh, you know, somebody that's 16 or 17 right now may think it's hilarious to post a uh a photo on their social media uh, when they are drunk or with empty beer bottles all around them but will a college admission officer or future employer be impressed <laughs> probably not well those are just seven dangers and you know there there are more i just got the top ones but it's clear that the internet can pose dangers to children it can also open doors of wonders for them to previous for that previous generations could not even have dreamed of so help make sure that your children's experience with the joys of an online world not its hazards because technology should be a positive thing for children when used appropriately it can complement their lives greatly for that reason, take the time to teach your children about the dangers of the internet. But more importantly, teach them godly values that will help them on the internet. I mean, godly values of respect, kindness, honesty, courage, perseverance, self-discipline, compassion, generosity, dependability. Instilling those kind of values in our children will protect them from potentially negative social influences and lay the foundation for them to become good citizens and great Christians. We're not fulfilling our responsibilities as parents if we don't try to instill solid morals in our children. Of course, this is often easier said than done. Teaching godly values takes time, which is scarce commodity for parents today. Um, Dr. Gary Hill, Director of Clinical Services at the Family Institute um, at Northwestern University expressed our increasingly competitive economy is creating an environment where mom and dad aren't spending longer hours at work are spending longer hours at work and fewer hours with their children as a result outside influences like peer pressure and the entertainment industry through the internet internet accessible devices television movies video games and music are having a greater effect on children and shaping their perspective more than ever before but parents must take time to be with their children and make the time they have with them really count don't allow the internet to be their moral compass talk with them about what's right and wrong and what constitute good behavior and what doesn't psalms 139 lets us know our children are not ours primarily they belong to god who made them and he made them for his un unique purpose parents have an assignment of training and releasing them into god's service but ultimately uh we must uh, help them understand. In Psalms 127 and 4, children are described as arrows. Arrows are designed to shoot at the enemy, not to hold on to. Children are unique human beings created and gifted by God who will direct them in his perfect path. Don't allow your children to spend more time at home on the internet than with you and then you teaching them about God 
because parents are to train their children to be godly and to follow wherever the Lord directs them. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, it will not depart from them. Help your children grow in godliness. I know this is a lifelong process, but your goal should be to get your children to have a Godward focus in their lives. They are accountable primarily to God, not to you, but they must learn that their disobedience and sin on the internet or in reality displeases God. They need to learn to please God with every thought, every word, and every deed. As soon as they're old enough, help your children establish like a quiet time. Help them evaluate various activities by the questions, does does it please God? You know, like, does it please God if I post this picture on Snapchat? If I tweet this or tweet that, will it please God? If I say this on phrase on Instagram, will it please God? Part of growing in godliness is developing godly character qualities. Hebrews 12 and 10 says that God disciplines, trains us that we may share his holiness. You must train your children to share God's holiness Teach them about moral purity, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, how to deal with trials with the right attitude of joy and thanksgiving, about having a servant attitude instead of a selfish outlook. Attitudes are important, not just outward behavior, since God is concerned about our attitudes. They have to know that. Proverbs 22 and 15 says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from them. Teach them that God sees everything on the internet and in reality. There's no post that God does not know about. None of us are perfect parents. God, thank God for his abundant grace that covers all our sin. Now, if you haven't been teaching your children, um, I encourage you to return to the Lord who will abundantly pardon you. Isaiah 55 and 6 through 7 tells us that. Plead with him in prayer for your children, even if they're adults. His mercy is great. If you're still in the process, remember the key uh, proposition. As God relates to us, so we must relate to our children. You say, that's impossible. True, well, never. uh, We're not perfect. I know that, but that's our goal. Solomon wrote, correct your son and he will give you comfort. He will also give delight to your soul. Proverbs 29 and 17. Sir John Brownrigg said, a happy family is but an earlier heaven. I encourage you to live by God's word in your home life. Be an example for your children. Uh, Let your light shine before them so they can see your good work and glorify God which is in heaven. And God will bless you beyond what you can ask or think. Do your part to safeguard your children on the internet. Remember, block adult content with parental controls on all devices. Designate screen-free zones in the house. Um, Technology should be used in public. Uh, Try to keep your children busy. Interact with them. Periodically check the browser history of your child or teen's computer or uh, internet accessible device. 
Talk to your children. I can't say that enough. Lead by example and limit your own media use. Um, familiarize yourself with sites and activities they're interested in. And discuss the importance of, of uh, privacy on the Internet. Make clear to your child that they should speak to you as soon as they feel harassed, bullied, or uncomfortable in any way when using technology. Um, there are two good filters uh, that are recommended. Uh, Family Click, which is www.familyclick.com, and Into-H2, www.into-h2.com. Just having a filter program isn't enough though. Cybersecurity software can help protect against some threats, but the most important safety measure is parents communicating effectively with their children. Well, my time is out, but I don't want to end this broadcast without sharing with you that John 3 and 16 conveys, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Additionally, Romans 10 and 9 through 10 conveys that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you believe sincerely, Romans 10, 9 through 10, I ask you to pray this brief prayer of salvation with me. Gracious God, our Father, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for my sins, and you, God, raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I ask you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me so that I might serve you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you prayed that previous prayer with me, you are saved. Meaning you are a child of God, a new creation. All of your previous sins are forgiven for that reason. Please read your Bible and pray every day. Join a church that teaches the word of God. Well, I appreciate you listening to the broadcast. You may follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the RCR Network. What I say unto one, I say unto all. Watch and pray. Live holy every day. Remember, much prayer, much power. Little prayer little power. No prayer, no power. I love you. God bless you. Requires choices. Thank you for listening to God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. Tune in next time with Dr. Westbrooks about God's Word for Your Life. Somebody ought to celebrate the awesome God. God's Inputs for You is copyrighted by Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrook's Ministries, and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.